Thank you, listeners, for two years and 100 episodes of the DSO Connect podcast. To celebrate this amazing milestone, we are doing a giveaway to show our gratitude to our listeners. Leave a review of the DSO Connect podcast on Apple Podcasts and be entered to win a free month of the DSO Connect member vault for February 2022. The topic for February is all things summer, including camp themes and a sample camp schedule, so you don't want to miss this one. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts by January 31st to enter to win. The winner will be announced during our 100th episode released on February 8th. The winner will have access to the entire DSO Connect Member Vault library for free for 30 days. So don't wait. Leave a review of the DSO Connect podcast on Apple Podcasts by January 31st to be entered to win. And from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to the DSO Connect podcast. I'm Casey and this week we are bringing you a recording of our January 2022 coffee chat from back on the 7th. Our coffee chat calls are for members of the DSO Connect community group and if you're not already a member make sure you search for DSO Connect community on Facebook and answer the questions to join. Our coffee chat calls are once a month and they are fun casual conversations among fellow dance studio owners to catch up, share what's going on in our studios, troubleshoot our problems together, and stay on task for the month. Sometimes we have guests on to talk about a specific topic, like this month when we had on the fabulous Linda Hammett. Linda is a studio owner and is a member of the DSO Connect community and is a member of the DSO Connect member vault. And on top of being an amazing studio owner, she works at an accounting firm specializing in small businesses, is studying to become an accountant, and fosters babies. She's just an incredible human being. We learned a lot from her on this call, so we wanted to share it with our podcast listeners too. And don't forget to join us for our next coffee chat call, which will be Friday, February 4th at 11 a.m. Eastern. So enjoy this conversation with the fabulous Linda Hammett. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump in. We have Linda here today, who is a DSO Connect community member. Um, And you're in the member vault too, right, Linda? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and Linda owns, where's your studio again? In Natchitoches, Louisiana. That's quite a name. Um, <laughs> and you're also, you work at an accounting firm and you're studying to be an accountant, right? Yeah. So that's amazing. I don't know how you're like working. Are you working a full-time job and mm-hmm. going to school and running a dance studio? Yep. I don't understand your life, but more, I mean, kudos to you. That's incredible. <laughs> um, and fostering babies. And fostering babies. Yes, of course. Well, my baby left Saturday. So I'm by myself oh, right now. did she? She did. Oh, but we've gotten pictures and videos from her mom and grandma. So it's oh, okay. Good. How long did you have her? You've had her for a long time. Yeah. 15 months. Wow. Oh, You're amazing, Linda. You are amazing. Kudos to Linda. Um, But we wanted to bring Linda on um, to talk about financial stuff and see what questions people have for end of year reporting, for tax shenanigans. So Linda, um, take it away. Do you have like 
a couple of things that you wanted to go over based on responses that we got from our poll and our, um, our post in the group? Yes, I have a few things just to go over and then we can just have a conversation. So the first thing is somebody wrote that they weren't an LLC, which is a limited liability company, mm -hmm. which really isn't a tax thing. Our office can create LLCs. Like that's what we do all the time. We can go from the beginning of starting a business to the end. But um, everybody really needs to have that LLC at the end of their name um, on their company paperwork because unless you, we live in, a, I live in Louisiana. Everybody sues everybody all the time. Our insurances are the highest in the country. Like it's ridiculous. So you want to protect yourself the most that you can. So having those little three letters, um, as long as you are doing your due diligence, it protects you and your business from crazies that are going to sue you for stupid stuff that you really shouldn't be sued for. But really, if you don't have those, you really need to talk to somebody about getting them, um, becoming an LLC. And who who's an ideal person to seek out to establish an LLC, like an um, accountant or a lawyer? A lawyer can do it. Our office does them. Some accounting offices do them. Our office goes, um, our office has a guy who does business consulting. So we literally, st we started almost a hundred new companies this past year. So we start from the beginning, all your paperwork, your agreements, your articles of incorporation and everything and move and then can go from there to help you start your business um, or fix anything that you've not done before so we could we could help you fix the llc um i don't know if all accountants have that in their offices i just know that we do and there's some accountants in our town that don't do that so um we've done a lot we have we really think about doing helping people from their ideas of being a business to the execution and then how do you help them make them be profitable so we are like an all-service kind of place. So that's the first thing everybody needs to look into if you do not, if you're not an LLC. Uh, the second thing was um, this between the sole proprietorship and S corp and a C corp. So who is a, who on here is a sole proprietor? And you do it on your personal taxes. Okay, are you making a profit? Then you really need an S corporation. Um, if you do your taxes as a sole proprietor and you have a Schedule C on your taxes, that's the form that you're filling out to show your income and all your expenses, the government expects you to be paying quarterly estimated taxes. And if you're not, at the end of the year, they'll fine you for not doing those things. So at the end of the year, if you owe money, they're putting a fine and a penalty on top of the money you owe. If you have an S corporation or even a partnership, um, you everything is run through the business and then you do still have to do your quarterly payroll taxes, just like normal. But at the end of the year, after you do your S corporation or partnership tax, tax return, you get what's called a K-1. And then this money is put onto your personal taxes. 
And that's the money, that's the money you have to pay tax on. But it is not penalized. And it's the same amount that you're getting penalized on for now if you're not making those estimated tax um, quarterly taxes. So, and I have an S Corp. So I do run everything through my business. I give myself a W-2. That's something else you really need to do is even if it's, you know, $200 a month, you really need to do a W-2 because that's what gives you your points for your social security. So when it's time to start drawing social security, you'll actually be able to and not have to draw off of somebody else's. Um, also, fun fact, if you divorce somebody, you, as long as you don't get remarried, you get to draw off of their social security. So <laughs> you're at that age and it's ready to be drawn off social security. Don't be remarrying nobody if they got more money in theirs and they don't have money in theirs. <laughs> Um, yeah, don't, don't do it. <laughs> uh, so the S corporation will help you with those fines for the end of the year. You just put your K1 on your personal tax return and that's what you pay your taxes on. And there's no penalties or anything um, for not making those estimated tax returns. A C corporation, the Corp, the company itself pays all the taxes. So, but they also pay a higher tax rate. So that S corporation is really for small businesses. Um, C corporations are for very large, multi-million dollars, kind of helps them a lot more. But an S corporation really helps the small business. Um, even if you're a one person show, I own 100% of my company, but um, it helps my taxes at the end of the year. Do you have any questions about that? What are the, do the rest of y'all have as corporations or you do? Yeah, that's what, when I decided to open the studio, I came into this office because I knew Mr. Nettles from work. I mean, from um, church. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. What should I do? And he was like this. And I was like, okay, thanks. Um. And then, and, oh, the number one rule is don't mingle your money. Mm -hmm. Do not, whatever you do, do not use your business account as a personal or your personal as your business. Um, if you do need money from your business to your personal, put it on a W-2 so that it helps your Social Security. Um, if you do have to borrow money from your personal into your business, make sure you mark that on the money that you're depositing because you do not pay taxes on that money for your income. It's not income, it's a loan from you. And you always wanna make sure that you get your money back out. So always pay yourself back. Um, I, when I deposit money, I don't change it. I don't mark if it's tuition, costumes, or da da da, like I'm just not that, um, detailed. It doesn't bother me. It's all the same. Like it's just income. Um, but if you do do that, make sure that you, if you're paying sales tax, when you purchase your costumes, then you don't spell sales, you don't pay sales tax when you sell your costumes. Uh, I do mark my costumes up 
but I pay my sales tax to Wiseman. Then I use that markup on my costumes as a choreography fee, music, and my time. So I don't consider it a markup on the costume. I consider it a package deal. So I'm not paying sales tax again. Does that make sense? Um, do y'all use W-2s or 1099s for your employees? Who uses a W-2 for their employees? I W-2, I have one employee that I 1099 um, her for request, but I have to transition her to a W-2. I have both of each, depending on the circumstance. You have both? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what really makes the difference between an employee and a contractor is how much control you have over them. So if you're giving them the curriculum to teach, then they're your employee. If you're telling them that they can't teach somewhere else, then they're your employee. If you're giving them pretty much free writing, I mean, there's still some control, but pretty much, you know, these are the basics I need you to do, but they can also work somewhere else. They're a contractor. Um, so your employees, you have to pay half of their social security and half of their Medicare, Medicaid, care, care, Medicare. Um, and then a contractor, you do not have to pay those things. Um, like my, the one dance teacher, I have one dance teacher whose kids go to the studio. So it's just a trade. Um, and then I have one, She's a full-time college student who's still on her parents' tax return. So I just pay her the 1099 because she's going to get all the money back anyway. So why take it out to get it back? Um, but you really need to pay attention. Do I really think the IRS is going to come after people that have one or two employees? No. Like they're not going to waste. They're going to go after people who have like 55 people. They're trying to be as contractors. So I really don't think it's that big of a deal, but it could help save a few bucks, save some money here or there, or help your employee too. If they're a full-time student in college still on their parents' tax return, they don't have to pay taxes anyway, so why are they paying taxes? Um, they're going to get their money back anyway. So just let them have it. Um, the next thing is, how do y'all give your information to your accountant? Or do you do your taxes for yourself? Or how does, how, what do you do? Yeah, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't even, I don't even want to do my own taxes. I'm still letting somebody else do them in the office because I'm like, mm -hmm, I don't want to sign my name to those. Like, if, if nothing's wrong with them, I want it to be somebody else's fault. Um, do you use QuickBooks desktop? Do you use QuickBooks online? Do you give them an Excel sheet? Do you give them paper bank statements? Do not do that to your accountant. Do not do that to your accountant. First off, they're going to charge you a fortune to look through your bank statements. Don't do it. And two, it's a pain in the butt. You can download all of your transactions into an Excel sheet from your bank account online. So give them the Excel sheet. 
it'll save them two hours and it'll save you some money because then they don't have to retype everything. But what does everybody use? I use QuickBooks desktop and I send my accountant uh, an accountant's copy of the backup. And I also have um, give them logins to my studio management software and my um, uh, payroll account online so that they can get whatever reports they need from there. Okay. I use QuickBooks online and then I just give them the login so they can check on it. Yeah. I think Heather uses desktop. I actually um, I have a bookkeeper. She's one of my parents and oh. she, she does, and she works at my accounting office. But I have also started using Wave because it's free and she has QuickBooks anyway. And I can download the CSV file and send it to her that way. Awesome. I also use Wave um, and my accountant has the login. Um, and then I use Patriot Software, which is a company he recommended for payroll. Okay. So I, I personally like QuickBooks Online more than desktop. As a as a business person and as the accountant, because I can always log in. Like if somebody calls me like in a panic that they did something, I can log into their account and fix it or tell them what they did wrong or assure them that they did the right thing. Um, it's And it's always at your disposal. So QuickBooks Online, you can have, I have an app on my phone so it tells me everything. So if I like don't know what's in my bank account, I can either log into the bank or I can log into QuickBooks. Or if I'm like, well, I spent too much money on this. So what do I need to delete? You know, like, what do I need to cancel? Um, but desktop is, if that's what your accountant wants, then most, you know, totally use it. I don't know the one Megan that yours uses. Um, I never, we don't use that here. We have an accounting system um, for those that we do every, I mean, like there's some people we do everything for, like we, I mean, I don't even know if they know what's in their bank account, like we do everything. Um, I just, I can't give that much control up to somebody else. I have to have some, some kind of control. So um, just do the best, do the best you can before you send it to your accountant. Because I promise it's going to save you money and it's going to save them time. Um, and the most important things that they're looking for is your profit and loss sheet and your balance sheet. Um, have they ever, so on your balance sheet, we'll have your, all of your bank accounts or your credit cards as a thing. Um, it'll have your loans, if you have any loans on there, so you can see where you're at. It will also have any assets you have. Anything that's $2,500 or more is an asset. Um, so you wanna make it an asset and depreciate it every year. That way you know you have at least some extra expense to lower your income, to lower that amount that you're trying to um, pay taxes on. That's the whole goal 
is to make that number as little as possible. And you can make that number as little as possible and still have a lot of money in the bank, I promise. I told somebody one day, I was like, you want to make that number as low as possible? And they're like, yeah, but then it'll deplete my bank account. And I was like, no, there's ways, it's not going to deplete your bank account. Like there's ways we can make that number low without you freaking out that you don't have any money at the end of the year. Like you can still have plenty of money in your bank account and have that number as low as possible. Um, I think that's all that I had. Do you have any specific questions? Do you have things you're worried about? Oh, make sure if you got any grants that you mark them on your sheet for your accountant because they don't go into your income. Neither does your loans. So if it's not, you didn't work for that income, loans, the grants, money you gave the studio, make sure you write it down because you don't want to pay taxes on it. You don't want to pay taxes on it. It's not taxable. So the more details you can have for your accountant, the easier it is to help them lower that number for you. So I have a question. Um, I moved some money from my personal savings to my business checking account over the summer when funds were dry. Um, mm -hmm. And I just accounted that in my QuickBooks as like a negative me member draw. Should I, how should, how should I have done that in QuickBooks? So when you transferred it over for mm -hmm. that deposit, it should have, you should have put owner's, owner's equity, owner's, okay. um, something that said owner's. Um, owner's loan to business, owner's okay. something along those lines. Gotcha. Every QuickBooks has a few that are auto accounts. Mm -hmm. And so it should have something like that. It should say something about owner's loan, shareholders, shareholders loan to company, something along those lines. Okay, cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I had a question and I think you kind of answered it and I apologize that I may have missed it. Um, but at the end of the year, what do I need to be asking for either from my accountant so that I have records or are there reports that I need to be running besides my PL and balance sheet for my year end? I think I get very confused at year end. <laughs> um, so you need to run a sheet that has everybody's payroll, like how much they were paid. Um, you need to have your profit and loss, your balance sheet. If there's any, um, any assets you bought, you need to give them to the accountant. You need to give them your ending loan balances and how much interest you paid for the year. So if you pay $500 a month, but $25 of it is interest, then 25 times 12 is deductible from your income. Okay. So it's that interest that you paid on loans. That is also yep. something very important in your ending loan balances. And this might be a stupid question, but what is considered an asset? Anything that's over $2,500. So I got new floors. 
So those are my assets now. Not, not one specific thing is $2,500, but added together. And when they put the work together, it's over $2,500, so it's an asset. Um, if you buy a new mat or you buy a whole new set of mats, that would be an asset if you paid more than $2,500. Anything that's tangible. What about um, if you have dancewear or merchandise that you sell? So that's completely separate. So that's in your okay. inventory. Okay. Um, if you have less than a million dollars in inventory, which I would assume all of us do, mm -hmm. um, unless you have some mess in studio I don't know about, uh, or maybe live in California, I don't know. But if you have under a million dollars in inventory, when you buy your inventory, if you mark that price as purchases for resale, that's your cost of goods. Or you can mark it as cost of goods. Um, some people do both ways. It doesn't matter. You don't need to keep up with how much is there at the end of the year. Like you just mark your income, you mark the cost of goods, and it's deleted from your income. So it's just another expense. Unless you get to a million dollars and then at the end of the year, you need to do an inventory count and account for every piece of thing you sold. Just don't get to a million dollars. It's not worth it. It costs a lot of money. It's not worth it. I am just at the beginning of all of this. So some of my things I'm like, I don't even know what I don't know exactly. Okay. Um, do you have like a recommendation of like a, a book of like, here's the basics of starting your business. Cause I feel like some of the things I'm tracking, I have an accountant, so he helps me a lot, but even then I still feel like I'm like, say it again in a different way. I don't, is there a resource I can just like re look at on my own to try to get my head on straight? Let me ask, um, I don't know a book off the top of my head, but I can ask Rodney. And I'm okay. Sure or like a YouTube on. channel or something yeah. that I just like, look at for my dumb questions and then come back more prepared for my accountant. Yeah. We can okay. also post, you can also post all of those dumb questions, which I'm sure are not dumb in the DSO connect community. Oh, group, yeah. And more than likely, one of us will be able to jump in and answer it for you. Perfect. Yeah. I was about to say, please, please ask those questions. Cause I am in year nine of owning my business and I probably still have the same questions you have. So <laughs> uh, does everybody do their costumes like you, Linda? Like, are you all paying? Cause I don't pay sales tax to Wiseman's. So I have been paying sales tax on my marked up costumes. And so that's like quite a bit, but that's what my accountant told me to do. So is that, how are you guys doing costumes? I do mine as a, as a package. So I do yeah. a, I have a performance fee and it includes, so it includes one costume, their recital t-shirt, two tickets, yeah. digital download of the video, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. um, and then additional costumes are, are, yeah. are extra on top of that if they're in more than one performing class. Um, but because it's like wrapped up in a package, I don't charge sales tax for that. So my, that's what we used to have. At yes. my old studio, but my current account was like, you can't do that. They're going to call you out on that sales tax. So mm -hmm. we've split it up. So basically we have like a $75 recital fee and then a $75 costume fee. And I'm, that's including sales tax, the $75 costume part. So the costume has to be like, you know, 64, whatever. Um, 
to even break, break even. So I'm just trying to figure out, that's what he told me to do. Um, he said I couldn't lump it and not pay sales tax. So it, may, just, it may also depend on what state you're in. Oh, Amanda okay. just said in the chat, you do need to charge sales tax tax on costumes from what I understand. If you're not paying Wiseman sales tax, you have to pay sales tax somewhere. Yeah. But I was told that if you're marking up the costume, you have basically that you're the, the buyer pays the final sales tax. So like, so I'm, I'm not, not marking the buyer, the final, final buyer. I'm just a reseller of the costume. Yeah. So if you consider yourself a reseller of the costume, then yes, you need to charge sales tax. But if you're going to charge $75 for a costume, charge sales tax on top of that. Well, I'm charging like 64, whatever for the oh, okay. costume. So and the then final, it's 75. Yeah. Sales tax is included in the 75. Um, but I was told that the final buyer has to pay the sales tax. So if I am selling the costume, like I'm selling it for $75 that I have to pay or 64, whatever that I'm required to submit sales tax for that. Now, maybe it is statewide, but we just like my account and I went back and forth and back and forth on how to do this. And that's what we finally decided. But I have been curious what everybody else does. Cause I'm like, wouldn't it be easier if I just pay sales tax to Wiseman's? But he said, because you're charging more, you have to pay more sales tax. I also think it's, I think that this is the transition period of that. Like I remember when it changed and Weissman was like, we need your um, tax exemption, your sales tax exemption form if you are not being charged sales tax. So I think that we're in the window of the transition to us having to end up charging our customers the sales tax. Yeah, it's if like that, a, if that makes sense. An industry shift maybe is what's happening now. Yeah. So that's maybe, just what maybe you're ahead of the curve, Kristen. I don't want to be ahead of the curve. <laughs> it's a lot of sales tax. So I was like, if I can get out of it, I would yeah. like to get out of it because I'm just about to submit my first sales tax payment. Right. Because we did competition costumes, which I didn't charge sales tax on because I didn't know. And then my accountant's like, Hey, what about sales tax on? So anyway, we just submitted our, like presented our recital stuff to our parents. And so that's how we've been framing it but we haven't actually collected the money yet. Like it's coming in like next week. So I'm like, am I doing this right? But it sounds like it's kind of a gray area, which is annoying to me. I want it to just be like, this is what it is. Yeah, it kind of is. Okay. I still do it the old way, but I'm, I know that the time is gonna come when my accountant is like, Meh, we're not doing it that way anymore. Cause it's been the same way with like your, your 1099 and W2 employees. Like people have held on to those 1099 employees for as long as they can. And then you, I think I'm, I, I'm pretty sure we're 1090, like my employees are 1099. So I'm half old and half new. I don't know. There's lots of gray area. We read, we were discussing the other day, some new tax thing. And half of us thought it meant this thing and half of us thought it meant this. And then another few were like, I don't think it means any one of those. And we're like, okay, so how are we going to deal with this? And if really honestly, if you call the IRS, half of them don't know. They don't know. You'll get a different answer by each agent you call. So 
just going to go with it. And I think those gray areas just go to show how important it is to find an accountant that is going to take the time to actually understand your business yeah. or, who, or who already understands how dance studios operate, who's worked with dance studios before, but like an accountant who just, you know, says, give me your QuickBooks file and then does your taxes without really investigating how your business works is not really doing you any favors, any favors. So somebody who's going to take the time to really you know, learn about your business and how it's operated and all the, you know, the little nuances of it is really important. That leads me to my next question, Linda, is how, how should people go about finding an accountant if they don't have one or if they want a new accountant? Um, and so, do you work with businesses out of state? Oh yeah. We have businesses all over the country. Um, so we do mostly, I mean, everything's remote now. I mean, you literally can find a person anywhere. Um, you do need to find somebody who, one, you feel comfortable with, um, who communicates with you. We just, I got a new client, a lady I know from town. I went into her store the other day and I was talking about something and she was like, well, my accountant doesn't do that. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? You don't know when they're going to pay your sales tax for you. And she was like, yeah, I never know. And I was like, well, do you get a profit and loss or a balance sheet every month? And she was like, no. And I was like, well, how you know how your business is doing? And she was like, I don't know. And I was like, okay, well, we need to probably talk. Um, so if they're not communicating, if they're not, you need somebody who's going to communicate with you. If you're sitting down with them to ask them what they're going to do, make sure if you're paying them money, like on a monthly basis to do stuff, that it includes your taxes. You don't need to pay them monthly. And then at the end of the year or the next year, you're like, oh, it's $600 for your taxes. Well, I've been paying you monthly. Like, why is it another $600? Like, are they going to divide the $600 up? Yeah, but they're not going to charge you as much as they're going to charge somebody who just, that's all they do for them. Uh, so make sure they're doing everything you need. So if you have employees, you need quarterly payroll deposits. You need those quarterly reports to the IRS and to the state. Does everybody have state income tax? Not every state does. Texas, Florida, where are you from, Kristen? I'm from Missouri. Yours may not have a state income tax. There's like five that don't have state income tax. Do you pay a lot of property tax? Uh, I think it's a lot. <laughs> it was like $6,000. Seems like a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah, you may not have income tax then. Let me see. I don't know. These are the things I'm like, I don't know what that's a thing. Hopefully someone will tell me when I'm messing it up and don't haven't paid something i think i don't remember if missouri was on my list of the state i live in doesn't have tax yeah, florida doesn't but the state my studio is in does yeah oh, that's confusing. so heather when you do your w-2 you pay the state of georgia income tax and then get it back at the end of the year huh yes yeah it's missouri so does Missouri does have um, state income tax. So you are getting money deducted from your W-2 
to pay the state. Okay. I think, I mean, I pay personal income tax, so I guess that would yeah. be. Yeah, so Florida, Texas, Nevada, Washington, Wyoming, and South Dakota do not, oh, and Alaska. I didn't know about Alaska. I guess we don't have any clients from Alaska because I didn't know that one. Um, so they don't get money deducted from their W-2s. But then they probably, like Texas's property tax is outrageous. Um, I mean, it's ridiculous. So it overcomes the income problem. Any other yeah. questions for Linda? All right, cool. <laughs> Very good. Well, Linda, thank you so much. This was You're fabulous. Welcome. It's so I learned something. Oh, definitely. And it's just so nice to know that you are like, you're there. Yeah. <laughs> and like, if we have one of those dumb questions, which aren't dumb, we can, dumb. we can just post them in the group and, and you or one of us or anybody else will, will hop in and, and, and help out. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. I think it's so rare to have an accountant who understands dance studios so well so you are probably going to get a lot of clients once you're officially an accountant how much longer do you have in school next may oh my gosh i hope you learned something and if you need something just let me know the number one rule is don't mingle your money okay because if for some reason something happens and you are, everything boils down to if you're going to get sued or not. I mean, right. I'm not trying to mean like that's just the world we live in and I live in Louisiana. So it's even worse. Um, really? Louisiana is oh, like a sue happy state. Yeah. Like the waivers I get kids to fill technically don't exist in Louisiana. Like legally have no bearing in Louisiana. Wow. Um, but I mean, as long as you do your due diligence, it's going to be in your favor, but, um, but when, once you mingle your money, they don't see your business as a separate entity from yourself. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, your business owes somebody a million dollars because of a lawsuit, then they're going to start coming for your house and your everything else, because you didn't keep them separate. They're the same entity. So right. you want to make sure that you have two different entities at all times. So, I mean, you're going to borrow money from yourself, but make sure that's what you write on it. Mm -hmm. Make sure it's very well documented, that that's why there's money there. I actually have two LLCs. I don't know if this is normal. Again, my accountant told me that. So my building is owned by an LLC, and then Mm -hmm. my dance studio rents from my LLC that the business. Is that what you would recommend? Yeah, it's very normal. Um, Okay. That's what most companies do like okay the building I'm sitting in is owned by a different company than the company I work for mm-hmm. okay um because if something happens and the studio has to shut down then all you do is take all your signs down and put up new signs and you have a new business but they didn't get the piece of property okay yeah that makes so that's sense. very most companies have a holding company is what they're usually called. So your okay. building is in a holding company 
that the only income and the only expenses is the rent and the mortgage, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So that's very normal. And it protects okay. you. It's just like mingling your money. It keeps everything separate. Yeah. The more things cool. you can keep separate, the better. Yeah, that makes the less sense. they can take. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, thank you again, Linda. This has been great. And again, questions dumb or otherwise post them in the, in the community group yeah. or or if it's like you know something that you don't want more eyes to see post it in the membership group <laughs> yeah or send me a message or send me that message absolutely but i just always feel comfortable with your accountant and feel like they're listening to you yeah yeah just like you would your doctor i mean we've all switched doctors because we didn't think somebody was listening to us like it's the same thing they're yeah. being paid to listen to you Make sure they're listening. Cool. All right, everybody. We'll have a great rest of the day and a fabulous weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again, Linda. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.